most beautiful and revealing published portraits of the artist. A stunning work of chiaroscuro in which Nevelson, her skin golden, wearing a pale blue paisley headscarf and silvery blue fur, leans her head on her hand on a black glass table in front of a black wall. She is a study in sun and moonlight, a graceful predator in repose. Classical Western sculpture involved the liberation of the human form from great blocks of marble. Such master sculptors as Praxiteles and Michelangelo seemed to possess superhero X-ray vision that enabled them to peer into pearlescent stone wombs and discern figures of astonishing beauty, awaiting birth via chisel and mallet. Mighty limbs, divine torsos, heads noble or monstrous, Olympian muscles, massive shoulders, lavish locks of hair, extravagant drapery, engraved armor, all enclosed in a fortress of whiteness, a mineral holdfast pried from the earth's clasp and turned malleable beneath the artist's sure hands. This miraculous metamorphosis from rough-hewn stone to finely carved and polished sculptures of gods and goddesses, men, women, and animals, took place in a world that was all of a piece. In the atomic age, we see the world in pieces. What a disconcerting childhood moment it is when the myth of solidity is exploded by the words molecule and atom. Suddenly your child's eye view is recalibrated, and the very school desk you lean on becomes a whirr of tiny spheres, each containing its own spinning galaxies. Zoom in, zoom out. The cosmos is comprised of galaxies within galaxies, a continuum without end, from the tiniest specks to the grand circle dance of planets and stars. The cosmos is a sea of choreographed particles and waves, all is in flux, even an imposing hunk of marble. Yet, subatomic awareness aside, marble is heavy, obdurate, and expensive, far out of reach for a penniless, middle-aged woman artist working out of a shabby apartment in mid-20th century New York City. And besides, Stone did not speak to Louise Nevelson. It was Wood that called out to her. In her extemporaneous self-portrait in words, a torrent of observations, anecdotes, and pronouncements diligently recorded and transcribed by her assistant, Diana McCown, and turned into a book titled Dawns and Dusks, 1976, Nevelson explains, I wanted a medium that was immediate. Wood was the thing I could communicate with almost spontaneously and get what I was looking for, the textures and the livingness. When I'm working with wood, it's very alive. It has a life of its own. But the sculptor began her long practice of visual expression, as most artists do, by drawing and painting. As a girl, she composed remarkably vital interiors in which the furniture is about to shimmy and lift off the floor. Thick black lines revel in the illusion of perspective. Bookshelves look ready to burst, and the curly cues of fabric and carpet designs refuse to be confined. An upholstered chair in the lower left-hand corner of a 1918 watercolor even has a molecular pattern. As an adult, Nevelson created free-flowing drawings, paintings, and prints, many depicting substantial female figures. One in particular, the lady who sank a thousand ships, Helen of Troy, offers intriguing clues to her feelings about woman power. But two dimensions were not enough for Nevelson. 
captain of her high school girls' basketball team, she was vibrant, high-strung, and restless. She later channeled her physicality into dance and eurythmics, the art of expressive improvised movements in response to music. These disciplines put her in closer touch with the creative force and helped her focus her energies. Nevelson used her entire body when she made art, working quickly and intuitively. She was inspired and guided by the heft, texture, and shape of her materials. She needed to work with and against gravity. When Nevelson speaks of wood, she isn't referring to freshly milled lumber like that produced in Rockland, Maine, where as a young Russian Jewish immigrant she came of age. No, she is praising used and discarded wood, cast off wooden objects, fragments, remnants, rejects, street debris, scraps. All treasures for hand-to-mouth poor Nevelson.